soccer fans and welcome to episode five of the epl show i am your host pete b aka chuck rudolph aka bucky chucky on DraftKings, and joining me as always my co-host the prince of the pitch the sultan of showdown soccer he is the former st gregory the great pius xi and uw whitewater defensive back he is justin j bone lon carrick what's happening j bone hey guys welcome back we had a little break after for international but uh international play that is uh, but we're back after two weeks and uh time to shine yeah time to shine i think we desperately needed that uh long layoff we needed a break we had a, a pretty poor week three on the podcast. Didn't really suffer or didn't really, you know, cash any tickets of, of much uh, at all. So, you know, week three, we want to put it behind us. We're not even going to go ahead and recap those games. Those happened like two weeks ago at this point. But um, yeah, it was, it was a disaster. Are you, are, you re- are you ready to look forward? We got to bounce back this week. Absolutely. 10 games, eight on Saturday. I can't wait. Let's get started. All right, let's do it. First, we did want to make note the transfer window is officially closed now. Um, you want to throw out just some some of the notable names of, of guys that uh, made some switches right before the deadline? Absolutely. So big name, of course. I'm sure most of you guys heard about it. Cristiano Ronaldo did get transferred from Juventus to Manchester United. It was all over the news. It will probably be all over the news the next two weeks. Um, I mean, that's a big move. He He's going back to a club he played for previously. It, it'll be interesting to see how he does at the older age. The EPL sometimes can, can be very tough to adjust to. I'm not saying Ronaldo's going to have a tough time adjusting to it as one of the world's best, but it could be it could be tough for them before at an older age. So, interest to see how that goes. And real quick, what a turn of events with the whole Ronaldo situation. We were sitting here one day; it was looking like it was almost a done deal of him to go to Manchester City. And then all of a sudden, the alumni of the Red Devils just united and and everyone just, uh, you know, let Ronaldo know of their just disdain. The fact that he would go to the rival team after, you know, once a red, always a red. And they ultimately swayed his decision and got him to come back to Old Trafford. Pretty, pretty That was pretty wild, like two day stretch there. Yeah, pretty crazy right before the transfer deadline. I'm happy to see him back in Manchester. Happy to see he's with United rather than City, quite frankly. But uh, I'll be interested to see how it plays out overall. Now, another name that got transferred was Daniel James. This kind of went under the radar. Of course, Ronaldo got most of the publicity. Daniel James actually, to make space for Ronaldo, was moved from Manchester United to Leeds United. And James James was playing well this season, too. Yeah, and, well, getting playing time at that, some of the guys like Jadon Sancho and Cavani, Rashford's hurt, but uh, Martial, they were struggling for playing time, and James was actually getting that playing time under Man United, but... Kind of interesting. He did get moved over to Leeds. I read a report that Rafinha, it may help him in having more freedom to uh, attack more. So kind of interesting to see how that plays out as well. Daniel James, not the biggest name out there, not like Ronaldo, but uh, pretty well-known name at that. Another name that popped up on the transfer window to West Ham, actually, who usually doesn't make big splashes, was Kurt Zuma from Chelsea. Zuma's a French defender. He played in the World Cup qualifiers this past week. He's a solid defender. He's got 
tons and tons of experience. He's a big center back. He West Ham's normally involved in these high scoring matches. So he should be able to sure up the defense and quite frankly, help them secure another European spot, maybe a top six, top four. We'll see what happens, but West Ham's looked great so far this year. And last but not least, the fourth name we want to talk about is Lookman. He Lookman, I'm not sure if you remember him. He played for Fulham last year. Nope, Fulham. don't remember him. <laughs> <laughs> Fulham did get relegated, so I don't blame you for not remembering. Um, he was a solid player. He took set pieces. He was a outside midfielder, left mid to be exact. He very attacking player. I think he only scored like four or five goals in 30 some matches, but the impact wasn't great from a statistical standpoint, but he, he was very active on the field and he's game. He was just loaned out from Red Bull Leipzig to Leicester city. So kind of a big move. Leicester city's not, not really known for picking up these big transfers. Of course, they have Vardy, Madison, Tielemans, but uh, not many big names they've transferred in over the years. Of course, this isn't necessarily a transfer. It's more so a loan, but it's it's looking promising for Leicester. Well, and one thing you said, Leicester, they don't typically bring guys in. It, it seems like, if anything, it, after their success a couple of years ago, they're just have been selling a lot of guys. So interesting of note that they would bring someone in. And based off of your description of Lookman, he sounds like the type of player who could be very serviceable in DFS with his skill set. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For Lester, they of course Telemans does take set pieces. Lookman's Lookman's a solid player. He may split time with Harvey Barnes at the wing position. Vardy's always looking for guys to cross balls into him and finish. So, Lookman, absolutely. You're gonna, if he's in the lineup, I'd take a look at him for DFS standpoint. It's probably going to be pretty cheap the first few weeks he's in the Premier League again. All right. So, the transfer window officially closed. Rosters pretty much set now. Everyone on the teams, that's how it's going to be when a transfer window doesn't open up until uh, how far in the future is that? January doesn't open January. up back again yep. until January, only a month in uh, January and then closes again end of January. Okay, awesome. All right, so we might as well just jump ahead into week four. Of the EPL, the first game we're going to talk about, it's going to be early. It is the first game on the slate. Crystal Palace taking on Tottenham Spurs at Selhurst Park in London. We got Tottenham as the minus 105 road favorites. Crystal Palace plus 310. The draw plus 255. Over under of two and a half is juiced to the under at minus 125. And the Tottenham goal line, same exact as their money line. J-Bone, Tottenham, they're at the top of the table right now. Three games, three wins, all one nothing, three clean sheets. Does that trend continue for the Spurs? <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah, like you said, at three results, three Three wins. They've collected nine points. They're the only team that's undefeated at this time. I didn't expect that when they started the season against Man City. I'm very shocked that they are still the only team undefeated, but I do think it continues this week. Now, Crystal Palace is a tough team to play against. They are always in their matches. They're always in very tight competitive battles. These are two teams that like to, well, I shouldn't say like to, but more often than not give up late goals that end up deciding games. Um, they, these are two interesting teams to look out for. Crystal Palace is solid. Tottenham solid. I was looking up some statistics. So like you said, Tottenham's won 1-0 in all three of their matches this year. They will be on the road 
and they have not won at Crystal Palace since 2018, which, surprisingly enough, was another 1-0 result. I expect Spurs to win again. 105 road favorites. I, that's That's got to be one of my best bets this week. Tottenham minus 105 on the road. You think the trend can continue. Do you think they can keep the clean sheet again? I'd lean towards saying no for the clean sheet. These are two teams that that like to press. They like to get forward. Crystal Palace will be more so playing counterattacking. They'll, they'll be sitting back a little bit more. But uh, with Zaha, they have... Gallagher, they, they have some guys that can get up and uh, score some goals. So I would not be surprised if Palace score one or two. I'd lean for, for the over, maybe something like 3-2 result, 3-1 Tottenham. And Benteke score a goal ever again in the EPL? <laughs> <laughs> He's been pretty quiet lately. What's he, going uh, on with him? He used to be just such a, uh, a force. Yeah, he used to be really solid, uh, unmatched physically, and now I feel like these guys, the defenders, have really stepped up their game in the weight room, and they can match him physically, and they have more pace than him. So it's been techie's been in, he's been missing goal wise recently for quite some time, and yeah, it's uh, been a couple of years now, even. I don't think he'd be the one to score, quite frankly, probably Zaha, but uh, he, I mean, he does always always have an eye for goal. He's always taking shots. Yep. Okay, so you like Tottenham on the road. You think Crystal can still score a goal, too, so, you know, maybe even an over at even, even money, over two and a half, might not be a bad play then in that scenario. Yeah, sounds good to me. Odds makers, they're probably all thinking about Tottenham one nil results. Oh no, their first oh no, three matches. Oh no. <laughs> that's that's not likely going to continue. There, it's more often than not that these teams come out after international break, looking to make a statement. And I would not be surprised if this was a high scoring thriller, thrilling match. All right, then on to our next game. We have. At this is part of the Saturday main slate where there's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six games on the Saturday main slate. That'll be a, a wild DFS slate there. Good luck. Good luck winning that, anyone. Um, but we have Arsenal taking on Norwich City at Emirates Stadium in London. Arsenal minus 200 home favorites. Norwich plus 550 on the road. The draw is plus 360. Over under of two and a half, juiced heavily to the over at minus 140. And Arsenal is a whopping minus one and a half on the goal line, but that is plus 150. Uh, we struck out hardcore on, on Norwich last week. Uh, well, two weeks ago now, but um and Arsenal's just been god awful. How embarrassing did they look in that Man City game? That was the only game that I was able to watch on the slate. And wow, Arsenal is just uh, a lost franchise. <laughs> yeah, they look terrible. Absolutely terrible. I think that game finished 5 0. It was bad. It was ugly right from the start, and it did not get much better. Now, this week, we talked about the last match with Crystal Palace Tottenham. There's teams looking to make statements. There's teams looking for sparks. Norwich Arsenal, they're bottom of the table, 19th and 20th. Norwich 19th because they did score one goal. Arsenal has is one of two teams that have yet to score this season. These are two teams looking to make a statement. I love the over in this one. The over is a little bit juiced. Two and a half is the over minus 140. Or both teams to score. I did not look at the odds for both teams to score. I assume it's probably like minus 120 or about. Um, but yeah, both teams very solid offensively. Both teams have terrible defenses. Arsenal, of course, is the 
greater, the more well-known squad in that regard. Looked up some statistics. Norwich has beaten Arsenal twice in 25 tries, meaning Arsenal's won or draw 23 of the 25 times. If you want some locked-in money, some pretty easy money, I would say Arsenal win or draw, taking the double chance result, but they've looked terrible this year. You said god-awful. I can't agree more. Um, I think they make a statement, though. This week, it's uh, it's a week that they're going to need to make a statement, and playing at home against a team that was recently promoted. Absolutely think Arsenal gets the win here. Uh, I feel like they're going to put up some goals this week. Okay, I did look up that both teams to score prop for the game, and exactly like you said, minus 120. So um, that might be a better option to go versus the over just because of the juice. You get a little better odds there, but you would need Norwich to score a goal. They've only done that one time, but, you know, Arsenal has – at least they have a lot of experience in giving up goals this season. So, you know, good opportunity there. Two teams just really struggling. Arsenal's given up nine goals and Norwich has given up 10 this season. So three matches. That's terrible. Three matches. Yeah. That's pretty, pretty bad. Something's got to give here. You know, one of the teams has to score a point here and I would typically side with the home team as well. I don't know if there's a lot to be had in trying to bet Arsenal with just the way that the odds are, but there's definitely going to be goals in this game, taking the over, taking both teams to score. uh, I'd be down with either one of those. Yeah, that's where I lean on this one. Um, Like you said, bad, terrible defenses on both sides of things, nine and 10 goals respectively. Favor the home squad, but uh, they're hard to trust and should be a high-scoring match. And and to note, last week, only two home teams were able to win. That was Man City and it was Tottenham. There were five draws last week, and then three road teams won. So, home team, Arsenal. The trend comes back around. All right, let's move to our next game. What do we got here? We have, ooh, Manchester United taking on Newcastle at Old Trafford in Manchester. Man U minus 500 home favorites. Newcastle 12 to 1 on the road to win the game. The draw plus 650. Over under of three and a half. Obviously, on that, juice to the under, minus 140. And Man U on the goal line, minus one and a half, minus 165. J Bone, do we see Cristiano Ronaldo make his return in this? I game? think so. Most of the reports say that he's going to play. I'm not sure if he's going to get the nod. Not sure if he's going to start, but uh, and uh, here, sure. real real quick, if Ronaldo does play, how exactly are are they going to uh, you know fit him into the lineup? Like who who is best served to play around him? I guess is the better question. Yeah, that's a good question. So I would put him at the nine, the striker position, right up top, with Bruno Fernandez underneath. I would say based off performances this season, Greenwood on the right side with Sancho on the left. So honestly, pretty much just swapping Ronaldo in and Martial out. Martial, he did play for France. He did score a goal in the past two weeks for the World Cup qualifiers. But he honestly has not done that well in the Premier League this season. They've used Manchester United's used Greenwood up front. Rather than Martial, Martial's been benched normally around the 60-minute mark each match. I would absolutely see, I could absolutely see Ronaldo going striker this match. If not starting right off the bat, 
they'll definitely be subbed in. Um, with that said, you mentioned minus 500. I actually, that might even be uh, on the low end. I saw one site was minus 625. <laughs> Uh, Manchester United versus Newcastle, Manchester United at home. They should absolutely dominate this match. Looked at the last three head-to-heads. They were 3-1, 4-1, and 4-1, respectively. I mean, those are all in favor of Manchester United. They have improved their talent this season with Varane, Sancho, Ronaldo. They're a much better squad than years past. Varane and Maguire leading the defense. I think the the smart bet on this one would be take Man U, who's minus 500, if not higher, and to win by a clean sheet. To win by a clean sheet is minus 135. I think that's much more reasonable. I'd much rather put my money there than minus 500. Yeah, well, there's nothing that can be done with the minus 500 other than you can obviously you can throw it in a, you know, a parlay with with someone else. Um, I would feel pretty confident that Ronaldo does play, uh, especially since the first game is at home at Old Trafford. And maybe if he was on the road, they might kind of wait a game. But, uh, you know, to get the fans behind the guy, one thing I wanted to ask with Ronaldo coming to Manchester United now, do they become the, the clear cut favorite to win the league this season? Does that put them ahead of a man city, you know, Chelsea in there still interesting. It was just such a huge splash into the league. Yeah. It's hard to say. Man, I mean, Man City looked outstanding last week. They they struggled the first week of the season versus Tottenham. They they lost one nothing, but uh, I would still favor Man City slightly. But we talked about it. Our first podcast, I think it was our season favorites. Man United was a team that we mentioned. They're yeah. much better, much more valuable than I think they were about my plus six hundred or. Yeah, it was. It had to. It had to been like six. I think it was like plus six fifty. That sounds about right. So much more valuable than I think the minus one sixty Man City was. So I, I think it's still worth a shot if you're able to get on Manchester United. I think they have a shot this year. They they're showing promise. Varane has solidified the defense with Maguire. Juan Basak is back there. Luke Shaw, Alex Tellis is returning from injury. They're a solid squad. And Pogba, we talked about last week, two weeks ago. Pogba's solid this season. He's I think he has five assists so far this year. He's he's performing like the player he they paid for previously. I'll be interested to see how Ronaldo does with the new squad, new teammates. Of course, he's familiar with Fernandez playing with him with Portugal. But the other guys, he's not really familiar with. So it'll be interesting to see how they develop and uh, chemistry-wise, see if Greenwood gets as much playing time still. They're an exciting squad. I I'll absolutely have my eyes on Manchester United the rest of the year. I did just pull up the odds to win the league as they currently stand. Man City is still the favorite, but they are now plus 120. Then it is Chelsea at plus 250, Liverpool plus 450, and then Man U is still sitting there in fourth, but they are plus 550. So if you like Man U to win the league, you're still getting probably, you know, a pretty good number at five and a half to one. Not much of a change, um, you know, from the beginning of the season. And they're sitting there currently in a tie for second, technically in third right now. So good start for Man U, Ronaldo coming through. Um, I do like that Man U to win by the clean sheet. I think that is a, a pretty, it feels like a pretty safe way to play, even though I, their defense has given up some 
some goals, especially early in the game, they still continue to come out flat. Is this finally the time where they just get up early and it's just a cruise job the rest of the way? It seems like it's set up to be like that. You have to think so. Like you said, they, they come out flat. They, they act uninspired for the first 15, 20 minutes and have given up some early early goals which have put them in some tough spots for well, e- even in the, even in the last game against wolves yeah that was a that was a zero zero game for you know what 70 80 minutes or so yeah yeah absolutely and they 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 did they were dominating play dominating possession traore they actually locked him up fairly nicely they just they couldn't get the goals in and uh we're able to get the result, but uh, uh, you're right. Man U has started very flat, very slow, and I think they they get it, the job done against Newcastle this week. All right. Love it. Let's head to our next game. It is the Battle of the W's. Watford. Watford versus Wolverhampton at... Vicarug, <laughs> Vicarage Road. <laughs> There's a butcher of all time in Watford. <laughs> Wolverhampton plus one thirty on the road. Watford plus two thirty five. The draw plus two twenty five. Over under of two and a half. Juice heavy to the under at minus one fifty. And Wolverhampton is minus a half a goal on the goal line at plus 130. J-Bone, here's two teams. We haven't seen a whole lot from from any of them. In fact, Wolves, the opposite of Tottenham, three games, all zero to one losses. What do you got in this one? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Tottenham, 1-0 victories, all three matches. Wolves, 0-1 results. Uh, Terrible, terrible results at that. They had more (laughs) opportunities, more chances than most of the teams they played so far this season, but just have not been able to get this goal. Don't want to talk too much about these teams because they're not great. They're not going to pop off the chart. They're not teams that are hugely fouled. However, I do think Wolves get a result. They secure at least one point this week. They are on the road, like you mentioned, plus 130, small favorites at that. They've looked solid. They just have not been able to put the ball in the back of the net. I think this is the week that they finally break out after international break. Their solid squad, Adama Traore, Jimenez, I think they finally they break through this week. Watford, they they've done decent. We talked about Tom Cleverly a couple of weeks ago. He's he takes their set pieces. He he didn't start last match, did play about 20 minutes off, off the bench. But uh at Watford is, was surprising week one. They they had a nice result for Aston Villa, but they've kind of fallen back in their shell and they've they they've gotten snapped back to reality and they, Wolverhampton's here for the victory. Wolverhampton needs a point. They're going to come out strong after the international break. Absolutely like Wolverhampton, the Wolves plus 130 on the road here. Yeah, it seems like Watford uh coming out and looking good in that first game was, you know, a pure just mirage. It just kind of was, <laughs> it, it just wasn't, it wasn't legitimate. Um, I don't think they've looked very good their last two games. We were all over this Wolverhampton slow start that they would struggle to score goals, which they have. They've still shown good defense and three yep. games only giving up three goals. And, it, you know, if you if you do pay attention to the stats and have watched any of their games, you can see that they have had a ton of opportunities on offense in each of the game. I feel like they have way more attacks and way more shots 
than, you know, the other team. And they just haven't been able to get it done yet. Um, it is a, a good angle, I think, to attack them on the road here. I think Watford is a team that, you know, they're better than. And yeah, I'm down with I'm down with the Wolves at plus one thirty. That seems like a, a very good bet there. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with the the total. It obviously seems like it's going to be a low scoring game. It's it's juice to the under there. It's it just doesn't that doesn't seem like a a spot where there's any you know good profit to be had. No, I agree with you there. I wouldn't look too much in the total. I would lean under if I had to pick one, but I'll stay away there. Well, we talked about already these teams coming out of international break, they're going to look to make a statement and wolves. They they're without a point. They're without a win this year. They need a result. This match, they they're going to look to make that statement. And here's a perfect opportunity to do so. Now you did bring up an interesting point. Watford did look amazing that first match of the season. They they had time to prepare for Aston Villa. Of course, they had all summer to prepare. This time around, they did get two weeks. That's let's let's put that into consideration. True. They did have two weeks to prepare for Wolves, and that's longer than normal. Right, and you know some teams you know, have had guys playing elsewhere, you know, more than others too during this international break. So, you know, we'll definitely have to see how it all shakes out, but I'm down with taking Wolverhampton on the road there. I think it's a good spot for them. Let's move to the last game that we're going to break down. It is on Sunday in the morning. It's the only game on Sunday, actually. We have Leeds United taking on Liverpool at Elland Road in Leeds. Of course, we have Liverpool road favorites. It is only minus 125. Leeds United at home, plus 320. The draw is plus 310. Over under of two and a half, just very high to the over, minus 175. And then Liverpool on the goal line, same as the money line. Minus a half is minus 125. J-Bone, what is it with this Leeds team that it seems like the sports book, they they typically favor them a little bit more. Like they're, they're obviously the underdogs in this game, but for Liverpool to only be minus 125 almost almost kind of even to to win on the road here they're they're clearly the far superior team than Leeds. yeah i don't really understand it there was i don't remember if it was two weeks ago or three weeks ago but man united played Leeds bright and early in the morning and i think it was week two week two so three weeks ago Man United played Leeds bright and early in the morning and they <laughs> we the money line for Man United we talked about it possibly raising closer to the match yes. actually dropped surprisingly and Leeds were on the road that match it made absolutely no sense i still don't understand where they're coming from you're bringing up a great point that Odds makers love leads. They're I think that was that might have been week one actually. No, that I was it. It could have been week okay. one. <laughs> well, with that said, they, it just doesn't make sense. They odds makers. I'm not sure why they're in love with leads. In line with that thought, I absolutely love Liverpool. Liverpool minus one twenty five. That's hard to pass up. That is, Liverpool is one of the top teams in the league. They've been one of the top teams the past five years. They're very solid. They're coming off an international break like Leeds, but they have more chemistry. And we did bring up Daniel James did get transferred over from Man United. That should help their offense. Leeds should be able to move the ball with more fluidity. Rafinha should be attacking more. Bamford, 
quite honestly looked terrible in the qualifier for England the other day. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, Leeds is going to put up goals, but I don't think against Liverpool. Liverpool's very solid defensively. They have Van Dyke back this year. The Liverpool, very solid. I love the minus 125. Again, though, we've mentioned a few road favorites this late. That's kind of scary. Road favorites, they don't all, the words road and favorites don't always mix. I'll be interested to see how well all of these road favorites do this week. Best bets this week, Liverpool, Tottenham, both road favorites this week. Would you have guessed that? The home teams were winning all the games. And just kind of amazing that now that trend stopped and... Here we are talking about all these road teams that should win these matches. Yeah. It's, it's honestly a disaster waiting to happen. Quite frankly. It, yeah, it definitely is. That's usually what happens. You take the you take the road shock, especially when they're, you know, they throw out those, you know, slight favorites. So it's like, oh, this looks like a bargain, and then you know boom, they hit you with an outright loss. And you're like, what the hell just happened here? Um, yeah, always dangerous. You know, the road chalk, slight favorites there. But the the way, you know, we're, we're starting to see a little, you know, body of work on some of these teams. And like you are saying in the Leeds-Liverpool game, Liverpool in that last match, we had talked about them against Chelsea. We had liked the over a little bit. We liked, ultimately, I think we had settled on Liverpool. They drew against Chelsea 1-1. Chelsea had picked up a red card. They were down to 10 men. And, you know, Liverpool couldn't take advantage of that. Heading into the international break, it obviously left them with a sour taste in their mouth. For a team that wants to win the table they want to be in the champions league again you got to figure they're going to come out strong and they they probably see Leeds as you know a, a dangerous team dangerous on offense with james coming in but a team that they should be able to attack offensively Leeds not really known for their defense exactly absolutely agree there Leeds they they like to play counterattacking soccer they they don't often sit back, but in this match, Liverpool is probably going to have 60 to 70 percent possession where Leeds is going to have to sit back and they're going to have to look to counter. They're going to have to play Bamford up front, uh, try to find him on a through ball or to his feet and make runs off of it. But I, I mean, I just don't see Liverpool losing. If anything, the draw you may want to look at the draw this match. I just, I just don't see Liverpool losing at all. Leeds are at home, but they're, they have not looked that good this season. Now, James bringing in James from Man United will be a slight spark to their offense. Um, where are Leeds in the table? Let's see here. Leeds 15th. are 15th. So they've drawn two matches and they lost one. They've scored four goals with eight goals against. That's terrible. <laughs> That's really not that good. Um, they did have some touch, tough matches, but they're, they've struggled this season, quite frankly. With that said, Liverpool, you mentioned it. They, they should have gotten a result of more than the one point against Chelsea. Reese James did have the red card pretty early in that match, if I remember right. Maybe even in the first half. Yeah, but, I think uh, I think it was the first half. Liverpool had a lot of lot of time. I think fans of of Liverpool were pretty disappointed in that result to not get the win at home against Chelsea when you know they're playing a man short for three fourths of the game. Yeah, it was a long time. Right after James uh, had an assist, if I remember right, to, I want to say Lukaku tapped it in probably. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Liverpool, you said it. Liverpool, they struggled scoring last match. I think this is a match where you take over, you take Liverpool on the road, you you go back to basics and you realize Liverpool's the better squad, they're the better team. 
they're hard to pass up at minus 125. All right. You know, let's just go through. Let's run through the other games of the week. In the first one, it was Brentford taking on Brighton at 9 a.m., part of that main slate. Pretty much a coin flip in this game. Brentford plus 180 at home. Brighton plus 175 on the road. Draw plus 210 over under two and a half. Juice to the under at minus 175. Yeah, pretty, pretty much a coin flip game in my opinion. Um, could be profitable if there's a certain angle that you know anyone likes out there, but probably a game I'm just staying away from. Yeah, I'd stay away from it too. Maybe if you want to play the angle of go with the more experienced team, the squad that's been in the Premier League longer, Brighton. <laughs> Brighton, we're talking about another road team to possibly play. Brighton's on the road. They they have more experience. Gross. They have Trossard. They have solid players. Mape. Brighton's a decent team. You said it, though. They're not going to score many goals. It should be a low-scoring match, maybe 0-0, 1-nil victory for them. I don't really see... Uh, I, I don't really see the home team winning here. Um, they're Brentford's, they started the season very solid, but they've kind of like Norwich, they've kind of struggled their last two matches, both draws. Um, they it'll be interesting to see how they do against uh, another solid team, a mid table squad, Brighton. I would say stay away from this or take the more experienced side. Yeah. Uh, Brentford has not lost this year yet. One win, two draws. They've only given up one goal in three games. So it's, it's been a good start for, uh, for Brentford, but Brighton two wins, one loss. They've been strong so far as well. Uh, Our next game also, the main slate on Saturday, we got Leicester City as big home dogs, biggest home dog on the slate against Man City. Man City minus 170 on the road. Leicester plus 475 home dog. Draw plus 320 over under two and a half. Juice to the over at minus 135. Uh, is this a tough game for Man City? Could be a tough game. Leicester is still... Look quality this year. Yeah, it could be a tough match. Um, Leicester's look decent. They they struggled the one match versus West Ham, but there was that red card involved, so I kind of give them a pass that match. Um, they won their other two matches. Wolves they beat pretty handily. They they've honestly Leicester's looked very good defensively. However, offensively, they've Madison's just been kind of lost out there. I, he's not the Madison that I remember from years past. He, he, I mean, he's kind of in his prime right now. He's he's still a young player, but he he honestly has looked lost on the team. Telemans has looked much better. Vardy looks very aggressive out there. Harvey Barnes looks solid. We mentioned their new addition of Lookman. I'm not sure if he'll get some playing time right off the bat. Um, I Jose Perez, he should be back after the red card. Overall, I, I mean, Leicester City stands a chance. I wouldn't say they stand a great chance. If anything, it's going to be a draw. Draw or Man City here. I don't, I don't see Leicester City winning. <laughs> we talked uh, Man City, another road favorite. Uh, honestly, all these road favorites, it's just going to be a disaster. Watch all the road <laughs> favorites lose here. Yeah, I guess if you want to take a, a, a game, I don't ever really just play the draw as it is. But, you know, plus 320 worth maybe, you know, throwing some shackles out there. It's it. Doesn't seem likely to happen, but you never know. Well, you mentioned it before we go to the next match that uh, international break just ended. The teams are actually still playing as we speak here. The Man City has some well-known guys. 
a lot of guys on Man City play international soccer. They play international football. They they're probably were called up their squad. I know Sterling was. Um, Grealish wasn't, but uh, quite a few guys on their team were called up to their national squad, and that could bring on some tired legs. Leicester City, not necessarily well-known. Guys in that regard, Vardy didn't play for national team this year. Um, there, Madison didn't play. Iose Perez didn't play. They're going to be more well-rested. So that is an angle. If you want to attack it, I don't recommend it. But if you want to attack it, they're going to be a little bit more well-rested than Man City. Yeah, definitely check out, uh, you know, lineups before that game, before trying to attack it in any way. Uh, the next game we have Southampton taking on West Ham. Southampton plus 190 at home. West Ham plus 145. The draw plus 245. Over under of two and a half is juice to the over at minus 140. Again, this kind of, this game kind of seems like a coin flip game. Um, I don't think either team specifically stands out more than the other. West Ham, they're probably you know more talented. Uh, probably the better team. I mean, they've been phenomenal so far this year. But Southampton, uh, you know, they're competitive as well. It. It just feels like it could go either way, in my opinion. Yeah, very interesting match. Um, I mean, we talked about last time, two weeks ago, West Ham's hard to trust. You mentioned they've been very solid this season. They're actually in second place. They have seven points in three matches, but they are still hard to trust. They're still looking to find consistency. They... On paper, they should win. They should get the result. But Southampton's solid. James Ward-Prowse takes set pieces. He's elite. He's one of the best set piece takers in the league. Absolutely love him for cash games on DraftKings and FanDuel. I, I wouldn't touch this match. I don't really trust one side or the other. I would stay far, far away from it from a betting perspective. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Our next match is the Saturday game. Uh, I guess the uh, primetime spot. We got Chelsea taking on Aston Villa. Chelsea minus 350. Villa 10 to 1 on the road. The draw is plus 475. You got to think Chelsea wins the game. Um, it would, we've, we've talked up Villa a lot this year, but. I don't, they're definitely not on the, on the level of the blues. No, I agree. Villa, they, (laughs) they've won one, lost one and drawn one. They're very set and ready for a mid table finish this season. We can already say that three weeks in they Chelsea's won two matches. They've drawn a match against Liverpool, which quite frankly, they should have lost. They, you said it, they were down to 10 men. They they had to play down the defensive side of things. They looked really good for playing down to 10 men. Down a man that, for majority of the match, actually looked very solid. I agree with you. Favor, Chelsea. Villa might be able to get one. Ollie Watkins should be back from injury. Danny Ains has been playing spectacular this season. Maybe the over in this match. Yeah, I maybe the think. over. Yeah. Don't mind the over. And uh, Chelsea, I mean, Chelsea should win out. Yeah. Then the very last game is a game on Monday in the afternoon. We got Everton taking on Burnley. Everton minus 135 at home. Burnley plus 425 on the road. The draw plus 270. Over under of two and a half is juice to the under at minus one twenty. Everton better team than Burnley. Burnley, they're still uh, 
for some reason, they're a team I just kind of want to show a little respect to, even though I don't know if they ever deserve it. But there's just something about them that like screams that like they want to be good defensively. And whenever teams play them, I'm always a little hesitant. Is that weird of me <laughs> to feel that no, way about Burnley? Uh, Nick Pope is is solid in goal for Burnley. He's he's legit. He's great back there. They have Tarkowski. They they have some solid pieces defensively. They just can't um, score. They can't score goals ever. Well, when they do, it's always like set piece goals. It's always these fluky goals. Jay Rodriguez will get one randomly. Ashley Burns will get one. Um, Dwight McNeil's been pretty quiet this season. He's usually a selfish player. Um, Chris Wood will randomly get a goal, but it's normally like some fluke header or or some misplay by a defender. I I, I mean, I don't blame you. I, I like the under here. I quite frankly can never get the goal scores right for Everton. If I'm on Calvert-Lewin, it's Richarlson. If I'm on Richarlson, it's Calvert-Lewin. If I'm on both of them, Digne will step up from the outside back and score a random goal. It's <laughs> I can't get the scores right for Everton, so... I'd I'd prefer the draw in this match or the the under the under maybe go like one one draw nil nil draw not really exciting match um, yeah I really think the under is the play. Fuck it, I'm gonna win all this money on on Sunday from NFL football, and I'm just gonna lose it trying to bet Burnley on the road on Monday or some crap <laughs> like that. Let's watch watch me do that. You and I both. <laughs> all right, that you know that'll that'll wrap up our our game by game you know preview for for week four. Um, let's hit them with uh, some of your best bets for this week looking to get back in the win column here yeah last two weeks ago was rough uh trying to get back in the win column like you mentioned we're going with two road favorites liverpool minus 125 i absolutely love them this week playing leads 125 is too low i would play that up to minus 200 quite frankly they should absolutely get the win on the road tottenham's the other match the other team that i really like they're solid squad. We've mentioned they, they've won every match so far this season, 1-0. They're on the road again. They are minus 105 favorites this time around. They, they're solid squad. Tottenham, Liverpool, both road favorites. I like both of their money lines. Could even parlay them together. Might be a little nasty, but uh, they should get the wins and should get the results. All right, and just a couple of other things that were thrown out there. Wolves on the road, plus 130. Um, Man U to win by clean sheet. I was like minus 135. Not bad there. Um, goals and both teams to score in the Arsenal and Norwich game. I think that was basically it. And then try not to lose all your money. On Burnley on Monday, on Monday, which you have to be an idiot to do anyways. But I just, for some reason, I just seem fixated on that team. I see the plus money always, and I'm like, ooh, this is, could be the one. <laughs> They're the type of team that I don't mind throwing out a nil-nil draw or just like a one-nil result either way. It, they're usually very solid defensively. So whenever I see the the zero zero for plus eight hundred or higher for their team, count me in. I'll take it. I love hearing that. Yeah, I, I'm in, in all honesty. I'll probably end up losing my money taking the draw and taking them to win. With those both being over two hundred, I'll take those chances with the two outcomes. So that'll that'll just about do it for everything this week. Um, I think we touched on, you know, the the DFS suggestions throughout the pod. Um, 
I've been kind of battling a little cold here the last couple of days. So my energy level was pretty low uh, on this one. So thanks everyone for, you know, sticking with it. We're, we're here, we're here each week. We're going to keep at it. We could lose every game this week and we'll still be at it next week. Um, it's, it's awesome to be talking, you know, about the EPL again, kind of missed it last week with, uh, you know, not anything to look forward to at least American football is back. That's number one in a lot of our hearts. So, you know, awesome times in the sports world. This is, this is when things really get exciting on the weekend and it starts on Saturday mornings with the EPL. Right in early Saturday mornings, EPL, right into college football. The next morning we have EPL again on Sunday with the uh, NFL right away on Sunday uh, after EPL. It's, and then again on Monday, EPL and then Monday night football again. So lots and lots of action this week. One thing I do want to know for DFS fantasy perspective, there's a lot of people that the past month have been looking for some sort of action, some sort of sports to gamble on. They, because of this drought, they decided to not go towards baseball, but rather EPL and soccer. With these major sports coming back, college football, NFL, especially in America, of course, they're going to tend to open up some opportunities on DraftKings and FanDuel for contests. So with that said, take a quick look. If it's even five minutes, 10 minutes before matches start, there might be some potential overlay that you can find yourself in because people are so infatuated with NFL and college football that they'll overlook soccer, especially with baseball, all these sports around soccer will absolutely be overlooked. So with that said, definitely keep soccer in mind this week. And even with these other sports around. Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I think it was, I think it was either earlier this week or it was last week. I showed you, I, I, I think it was, it was a showdown of one of the qualifiers. So it wasn't EPL, but it, it was still was a DFS soccer thing. And it was like a 50 man double up or something like that. And I got in it in the last couple of minutes and there was only 26 people that signed up for it. So they paid, they paid out 25 of the 26 spots and you just didn't have to finish last and easily just doubled your money up there. So, and I think there was, there was numerous other contests on that same slate where that was the case. And, you know, oftentimes if you just take a peek in those couple minutes, right before, I would say, especially in the showdown slates of, you know, some of these lesser known um, yeah, soccer yeah. leagues or, or whatnot, there's definitely opportunity out there. You don't, there's not as good of an opportunity to play for higher stakes in, you know, DFS soccer. It, it There's not a ton of big contests. There are a couple usually, but there's typically a lot of these smaller ones and that's where, you know, I think if you listen to smart guys like J bone and, and yeah, not, not even just, you know, Hey, J bone, you said, play this guy. And I played him and he didn't do good, but you know, just listen to the line of thinking, the type of players. And, you know, after a while you can be looking at the teams and right away you, you know, Oh, this is their corner guy. Oh, this is the guy who's taking all the crosses, you know, like, this guy is overvalued. He barely ever shoots, you know, stuff like that. And I think that's where I am already seeing myself with us having this podcast, you know, the last handful of weeks here, I, I find myself improving, you know, in the DFS game, just based off of listening to you and providing analysis and the way that you break down these teams and these players. So a lot of good information to be had here. You know, if you use it the right way, you can profit from it. Oh, that's awesome. I love to hear that. And with that said, you guys, please, if you guys have any questions or comments, reach out to us. We're very flexible. We're very 
easily approachable guys, you know, pretty easy to talk to in that regard. So with that said, please reach out. We're, we're always happy to answer questions and uh, maybe share some information, share some insight that we possibly have and just talk sports. That's what we love doing. And that's why we're doing this. We love sports and trying to share that sport passion with others in the world. So thanks for listening guys. And I, I can't wait for next week. All right. For J bone, I am Pete B for all the work that producer drew does on the back end. We thank everyone for listening and good luck in all of your action. Thanks guys. Thanks guys.